Hi everyone, Daniel Ramsey here, the CEO of My Outdesk and the host of Scale the Podcast. This podcast is dedicated to having conversations that unlock the exact formula and strategies multi-million and billion dollar companies use to scale their business. You can visit me on our website at scalethepodcast.com or listen to this podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Today we get the privilege of talking with Erin McCormick-Torres. She is the Chief Operating Officer of a really, really big real estate company who happens to have our virtual assistants in there, but it's such a dynamic company that I begged her to be here with us today. Well, and I, I, it feels like when you find those people and they decide to stick, that helps with scale. Like yes. describe that because we were, we were kind of doing a pre-talk yep. and what's unique about 3000 transactions and half a billion in production is that you have to think about scaling. And most people think about systems and process and operations, but this conversation is all about people. Yes. So hiring the right people, whether they're virtual professionals or physically in your office or a partner CEO like you're talking about, let's talk about that. I, I'm curious what your perspective is there. Yeah, so I really do think that when you think about creating a big business, it's all about how do you expand your reach? How do you scale? How do you expand? With us, we also think about how can our people and all of the tasks that they, they do on a regular basis, how can we almost create a system out of that? So if we are doing anything that is going to be repeated, is going to be scaled, how can we, the first time we do that task or we make an optimization to a system, a tool, how can we you know, create a system around that task where then we can have a team member implement that, optimize that on a regular basis, but we consistently are just thinking, and I think a lot of it is truly a mindset shift of how do I actually approach this in a way that is going to allow me to scale and grow and implement this in a lot of different markets. You know, when I think about all of our teams, 20 different markets, some are hot, some are in warm locations, some are, you know, nine degrees right now. Um, some are constantly covered in snow. Other ones, you know, have 500,000 average sales price. Other ones have 150 average sales price. So when we think about creating this business, it's how do we duplicate the tasks that our people are doing and how do we leverage our people in a way that's going to allow them to grow consistently be optimizing, you know, the processes that we have that internal allows us to achieve more on a daily basis. And we do give everybody on our teams, virtual assistants, virtual professionals, they truly are partners of ours where it's not like, just go do these tasks. It's no, we want your feedback. You're the person who's in here every single day doing these tasks. Tell us how we're going to make it better. How can we support you in improving this process and optimizing our workflow? What are we doing that's not having ROI that we can just say, we don't need to do this in favor of doing something else. Does that so, answer your question? Totally. So the difference in when you're growing a business, the difference between people who are scaling and not scaling is you guys have this hyper-focus on culture and people, but also on optimizing the system. Everything is a system. Is it repeatable? Is it, is it a process? Yes. Can I delegate it down or optimize it in some way? That's kind of your mindset for the scaling piece of it. Is that right? We always think about how we can scale. For a long time, I joked saying scalability is my middle name because it's what I wake up in the middle of the night thinking about is, you know, you're not going to be able to hire 100 people. So at some point, you're you know, the work that your people are doing is going to have to be in a place that can, can scale to really do the work of that many people. So then it comes down to what are those optimizations I need to make? Again, where, where can we shift things? We are in a constant 
state of change and that's okay and i think yeah. that's also where mentally you have to get when you're growing a biz big business you know we need to rip off band-aids we need to be changing we need to be thinking strategically every single day about what we can do better or differently or again what we don't need to do what's not moving the needle i think that's one of the things that really gets businesses and just people in general into trouble is saying i'm doing the same thing because i always did it we're in the business of saying no we don't want to do that we really want to do um, what's actually going to move and propel the business forward, even if it means being in that constant state of change, which we've all known or kind of grown to enjoy, knowing that every day is going to be different. You're always going to have a new challenge and a new opportunity, truly. Well, what, one of the things that you said here is rip the Band-Aid off, and I assume that there's some pain around that. And I think I, just our own challenges of scale, right? You get to a level of success, then you plateau, and you realize what you've built to get there won't work for the next layer. And that's the band-aid that you have to rip off. Yeah. So talk, talk to me about some of your experiences over the last three years in ripping those band-aids off in order to actually scale your business. So I think, you know, we've gone through a lot of different iterations and really trying to figure out, okay, who is going to be the right person for us to be in business with? It's not going to be everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, who is going to be in that right culture? What kind of level of production are we looking at? There are so many different things. And we have failed forwarded. Is that even a word? I don't know. But we have um, failed, forwarded. failed yes. forward so many times that um, it's really about, okay, pausing for a second, looking back and figuring out, okay, we're at this level. How do we then rip out, out of, off a Band-Aid, whatever it might be, go through this period of pain, but it's going to take us to that next stair step. So we're constantly, you know, adding on these building blocks, adding on the next level of, of stair steps. That's going to get us to, we always talk about the hockey curve too, where yeah. you know, it's three to five years of kind of moving right along. And then you get to the point where you're seeing exponential growth right. um, really pretty quickly. But a lot of that comes to, you know, consistently disrupting yourself i would say so nothing okay. yeah everything can change truly yeah but you're okay with that and that's not normal most employees and most people don't like change they want to come into work do their thing so how do you create a culture where optimizing it and this con the consistent like um improvement always happens every single day that's what and and i need you to unpack it so that our entrepreneurs who are newbies or yes. medium-sized business, let's say you know they're doing a million dollars in revenue, not yes. that level that you guys are at, right? How does somebody create that kind of culture when they only have you know one admin and maybe a couple salespeople? Yes, it all comes down to figuring out what your value proposition is first and foremost. For yes. us, we were very focused on creating a culture again that nobody wants to leave but that's really focused on the individual and caring about the whole person so we launched recently conscious coaching where we're talking to people about it really is so many different facets and layers of your life that forms the person who is going to be successful in the business so for us it's having culture tip the scale where if you're looking at you know money versus culture money or money for us is going to be 49 percent, and culture is going to be 51. we're right. always tipping the scale at culture um but again it comes down to really just being okay with disrupting yourself being okay with knowing that things are going to change but through change there's opportunity through change through, there's growth and i as a person am not going to be able to achieve more if i'm not consistently looking at how i can be better how i can do something different so when you're having those conversations every day yeah. looking at you know how can we optimize how can we grow 
what's your next growth opportunity going to be doing? One of the things that we do that I really love in our organization is every person, our virtual professionals do this too. At the end of the day, they send a recap to their leader. Yep. Their five questions. What successes did you have? What struggles did you have? How did you, how did you overcome those struggles? Um, on a scale of one to 10, what's your mindset? Be honest. If you had a really not so great day, tell us that because we want to work through it with you. And then the fifth question is either who's your replacement, which is the first time Adam asked me that. I think I was with the company like seven days and I was like, oh my gosh, are you, are you letting me go? Or what's your next growth opportunity? So again, by having that culture and that foundation of knowing everything is constantly in this sort of state of change, this state of optimization, it just makes us better. And I think it's really about having those conversations on a weekly basis so that we know that truly opportunity and growth comes from being able to disrupt yourself and know that you're going to be better at the end of it, I guess. That's kind of crazy. I love it. I love it. Well, I got to slow you down because there's two points here. Number one, the only thing that you have in a business that is valuable is your process and system yep. and your database. Yep. So if you have a documented process and system and a, a client base that keeps referring people back to you, then you have something to sell. If you don't have one of those, one or two of those things, you just don't have anything. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, this is a hard thing for people to understand. What, what, what are your thoughts around that? It's definitely so key. I mean, you have to figure out where your value is and where your business is coming from. And then you have to really focus on what matters. So the biggest thing for me is that we all spend a lot of time on things that don't move the needle and things that don't matter. So once you really can get real with yourself, and again, it comes back to ripping off the bandaid and being like, all right, we're okay with the change that's associated with this. You're going to be able to make those optimizations without ever feeling like you're too connected to a process or a similar model, whatever else. Um, I do think that a lot of it comes down to coming from a place of always being growth oriented, honestly, and having that culture, that cultural piece to the backbone of everything. Yeah. Uh, and that cultural piece will attract your database and your clients and all of those referrals. Um, but also I think your culture comes out in those checklists, even in terms of what parts of those checklists or those processes actually matters and just right. being okay with letting things go that don't matter. I think that's a lot of it. I mean, it's simple. It's back to basic stuff. We're not, do honestly, we're not doing anything highly innovative. It's just that we're consistent. We're habitual people. We show up every day. We work as a team um, and we really organically from the ground up build our culture. I love it. What are the things in your world, like what are the things or the pieces of advice that you didn't know before you worked with my outdesk that you now know that you want to share with people so they can walk away from this conversation going, oh, okay, I need to do this before I hire. Like what are those kind of tidbits or, or things? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is having a mindset of leverage to consistently be thinking about who could be doing this for me so that I can also get to that next level. So mm -hmm. I can consistently be thinking about the strategy or how to open up a new business division or how can I create a new business within our world. So the biggest thing is consistently thinking, okay, what's that next stage going to be for me? What's that next growth opportunity going to be? And what am I going to have to backfill? And then what opportunities does that create for someone else? That's yeah. the biggest thing is just having that mindset, consistently thinking, who can be doing this better than I can be? You know, I came on board as our marketing director and I was focused on lead generation and social media very quickly was one of the things that I said, I'm not passionate about this anymore. I need to leverage it. I need to replace myself with someone better who can come in and know about all the trends and know about all of the different you know, algorithms and whatever else. That wasn't me anymore and that was okay. So I think it's okay also to be 
honest with yourself to figure out where do I actually really want to be? What role do I want to be in? And then figure out what opportunity can I create for someone else based on that growth that I myself am having. Yep. That's good. That's really good. Um, if you were to like nail a value, like what's the value of hiring virtual professionals for your business? Is it the savings? Is it the leverage? Is it a comedy? Like what's, what's the why? So for us, I mean, it's been an opportunity for other people and transforming other people's lives. Um, I hope Kristen doesn't mind me sharing this, but a couple of years ago, she sent us a photo of a new vehicle that she was able to purchase. Sure. And we hear stories all the time about what our employment of them allows them to achieve in their life. And it feels amazing. Um, we truly love our virtual professionals. They're some of my favorite people, honestly. Um, so part of it is, is that it feels good to help other people. Part yeah. of it, of course, is the savings. But for us, our virtual professionals work harder than anyone that we have on the ground because they care so much. Uh, Mel, who's another one of our virtual professionals who I work, who I work really closely with, um, she goes above and beyond every single day. And she loves it. Again, it's this, it makes her feel good to serve us. Yeah. And, and me giving her that opportunity to do so feels good for me. So it's kind of this reciprocal, reciprocal relationship that yep. loves being part of our culture. Um, and, you know, it's funny, we had year-end reviews recently with them, and a lot of them thought that they need to be doing more and contributing more to us. They want to do more. And I'm like, you do so, so much. Yeah. It's so appreciated. So for us, it's, it's really we get a lot of value, a tremendous value. When is the time to hire? So we, in the book, um, one of the things that we talk about uh, is um, the eyes, the we's, and the they's yes. do it, right? The whole yes. process. And I believe there are six stages to building a business and each stage has a different kind of challenge, you know, um, in that uh, with one stage one and two being, you know, brand new learning and stage three and four, you're starting to build a business. And stage five and six, you're starting to generate millions of dollars in revenue. So those are that's how we kind of break it down. Aaron, in your opinion, working with VPs for as long as you have, when should somebody consider hiring one for their business? So I would look really hard at your calendar first and foremost, because if your calendar is filled up with tasks that are solely tasks that aren't actually income producing, yes. that's the time for you to hire because you need that leverage so that you know if you're in the office for eight hours how many of those hours are actually going to be focused on lead generation and lead conversion if that's, that's right. your one thing so yeah. i think it's really about if you can by eliminating six hours of things on your calendar that don't matter by hiring a virtual professional and then use those six hours purposefully to go out there and generate more business you're going to pay for that leverage many 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 times over I love this. This has been amazing. So fun, I, right? <laughs> yeah. It, I, wildly enough, I'm so passionate about helping people grow and scale their business. And you obviously are too. I love the culture piece. just want to thank you for your time. I know how valuable it is. I know you had to give something up to be here today. So I just want to thank you. Um, guys, um, we just need to appreciate and love on Aaron because this is, this is a big <laughs> thank you so much. No, I'm happy to be here and chat about it. I think that it's just something that's so compelling to talk about because we all need more leverage in our life, right? If we're ever going to grow, we need more leverage and this is the place to start. Yeah.